Grit is a small creative agency that specializes in helping outdoor industry brands of all sizes grow their business. At Grit, they help develop branding and create advertising materials to increase awareness and drive traffic. To learn more about Grit's services and portfolio, you can visit www.downtogrit.com or you can inquire by email at info at downtogrit.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt the Wild podcast. I'm your host Adam Bolds. Today I'm joined with uh, Indiana resident Brandon Ludlow. He uh, is about 50 minutes, uh, I believe, south of Michigan and uh, he's, a, he's a fellow Hoosier. So today we're going to dive into some deer hunting stuff. He's got some some interesting uh, stuff he's got going on around his neck of the woods. How you doing, Brandon? Oh, pretty well, pretty well. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. So can you just introduce and tell everybody a little about yourself and kind of how you got started hunting and uh, running around in the outdoors? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I currently live in Lake Village, Indiana. It's northwest part of the state. Uh, 27 years old. I've been taking a bow out since I was nine. And uh, I first started when I was six, just going pheasant hunt with my dad, you know, stepping on his heels, being in the way, usual. <laughs> but um, no, I took a liking to the bow hunting because my dad just, you know, threw me out, not by myself. I mean, he was about 80 yards away, usually at all times, but uh, I consider it by myself, you know? Yeah. So, but no, it took me a few years, but I finally, you know, got one with a bow. And uh, ever since then, it's been every year, you know, got to gotta get out there with the bow. So. You got bit by the bug like the rest of us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't take much. So I know you do. Um, I know you pretty much hunt just about everything. I was checking out your go wild and everything, and that's where we uh, connected at. But I was really intrigued when I seen you post. I believe it was your 2018, 2020, 2019, 2020 or something like that deer. Um and that that one in particular i seen you within the back of your truck i was like oh my god and then i think you said that you shot it from the ground um so i was super intrigued by that so i uh <clears throat> decided to ask you to come on the show um kind of tell the story uh i guess in depth how you started bow hunting and uh maybe like your first hunt or something do you remember anything like that yeah, I remember one of my first hunts as far as bow hunting. Um, being nine years old in a tower stand, we had a we had a lease in Attica, about two hundred fifty acres, and uh, I just remember I had I think it was three three arrows in my quiver, and I was shooting an old garden, and uh, thing was just about as tall as me at nine years old. So, but uh, I uh, pair of I believe it was button bucks came running up, you know, ten yards away, and. I shot all three arrows because, you know, you know how button bucks are, especially early October. They don't know much, you know, they don't know yeah. what's going on. So um, that's about the first time I remember is that one. That one stands out the most as far as, as far as bow hunting. Was I, that your first, that was your first kill then? I actually didn't kill that day. Oh, no, just, yeah. I, I just, I, I missed, but I, that was my first, uh, I believe that was my first shot. Yeah. And, you know, it, in the outdoors and even though i missed i was still smiling and my dad was like you know 
broadheads aren't cheap. You, sh- you shouldn't shoot more than one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I still haven't learned my lesson on that. So, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it definitely, even when you miss it, it can be heartbreaking sometimes. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but, oh, yeah. um, yeah. it definitely you, it just, man, for me, it gets my blood just, there's nothing like it. It's, it's indescribable for anybody that's never been in that kind of moment. And, yeah. you know, button bucks now probably don't make you, go nuts like that but when you're a kid it's like you're getting ready to shoot a 200 inch buck you know (laughs) absolutely you just get the shakes and uh get that tunnel vision and seems like there's nothing else going on in the world besides you and that deer sitting there oh yeah so do you remember uh what kind of bow that you first started hunting with is it something you um snagged out of a garage sale or your cousin stole out of your cousin's basement or uh, was, it was it something that, your dad got you? Yeah, it was a hand-me-down from my stepdad. It was yeah. uh, his first bow. So it was kind of a cool deal that I got, yeah. you know, when I was 11, I that's when I eventually took my first, you know, not eventually. I mean, it only took a few years, but that's yeah. when I took my first deer. Uh, but it was a, it was a dart and I don't remember what model offhand. It, like I said, it was, it was a tall bow. Yeah. Was it too, I was going to say, you're probably, uh, I don't know how tall you are, but. I'm a short guy, so somebody gave me an adult bow like that at that age. I can imagine that thing was as tall as would be as tall as me. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was pretty. It was. I thought it was bigger than what I needed, but it, it did the deal. It, you know, it worked out. Did you guys? Uh, did you guys turn down the poundage real low? Oh yeah, it was. It was set right at 35. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so I remember the first time I I went bow hunting. Um, I went with a guy that I knew who had not shot a deer, but he'd been a couple times. And he's like, my buddy's got this bow you can use. So we'll swing by there like two hours before we go. And you just take this bow out and hunt with it. And <laughs> now I'm like, what was I thinking? Like this, the draw link yeah. wasn't adjusted. Right. I didn't have a release. Like, Oh my God. It was a, I look I've, back. It's funny, but man, that was so stupid. I've seen a couple experiences like that where friends try to get other friends, you know, just come on, just take this one. I got one, you know, I got one. And, it, you know, it, it's a stepping stone though, you know? Yeah. But, it works that way with, with uh bow fishing or something maybe, but not, yeah. not with uh, no, a, shoot a deer with. No, you don't, it's not, you know, it's hang on to this, you know, <laughs> type of deal. Maybe not, <laughs> maybe not shoot anything. <laughs> but, <laughs> so um, how long did it take you to kind of upgrade just after a couple of years, you think? Yeah, it was, I think I had that bow for two seasons and then I got a, a Parker. Parker, uh, yeah. So I, I think that one went up to 50 pounds, which I didn't shoot that. I was right around 40, 42, somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, I I took several deer with that Parker. I I don't know what happened, you know, moves and stuff, you know. Yeah. And stuff. It ended up somewhere else. I wish I still had that for my son, but that was a good that was a good little bow. What uh, what are you rocking now? I shoot a bear approach. So, God, man, you don't know how good that makes me feel to hear another guy shoots a bear. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're good bows. I see. I, I was impatient, and the, the local guy got uh, his shipment in. He had a sixty pound. He's like, "Oh, I'll get a seventy pound in in two weeks." And I'm like, "No, I gotta, I gotta have one right now." You know? Yeah. So I, I shot that. Oh, I fell in love with it. Yeah, that's my first. That's my first bear bow, and yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably stick with bear. I don't. I've shot Matthews. You know, I've shot. Like I said, Parker, I've never shot Hoyt. I've never, you know, none of the, never yeah. shot Blue Tech, but no, that the bear is just, I don't know, something about it. 
It's light yeah. and very smooth. A bear is uh, super affordable too, and you yeah. can kind of compare it to everything else. I I shot um, first one first bow I ever had was a Hoyt, and I, I can't remember the model of it, but I bought it used. Um, and then the first one that I actually bought new was a bear. And ever since then, I think I've bought two or three bows and they've all been bears and I've killed deer with them. So I don't really see any reason to maybe pay three times the price. I think right. a lot of it just comes to, to practice, you know, just kind of right. whatever you get used to. You could kill a, a bow from probably the 1970s. You could kill with a bow, um, you know, as long as it had good strings and stuff on it, if you practice enough. So Absolutely. it's not so much about the name, but it is nice to hear somebody else shoots a, Shoots a bear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I, I like, I dabble with the the THP stuff, so yeah. That, I was like, oh, they shoot bear, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of broadheads you rocking? Um, I jump around a little bit. I'm not really consistent. I, I, yeah. I like rage. I like muzzy. You know, I, I, I think I'm gonna stray away from the muzzy this year though because I had a couple mishaps last year. Oh gosh, let's hear it. Um, so I had a. I hunt in public property. I that's what I mainly hunt is public. But uh I had a buck come in, it was Halloween, and I shot him in the shoulder blade, you know, the what I believe is the not as thick part of the shoulder, you know, where it starts to fade off. Yeah. And I you know, I that's right I, I dialed, you know, that's where I watched him run off. I you know, pinpointed that spot. And I was like, nah, man. And I find, the, where I found the arrow, I had about seven inches of entrance, you know, of blood. So I was like, oh, maybe I got lucky. Maybe I got lucky. But when that uh, that broadhead was actually missing one of the one of the blades popped out. I don't know how, but missing one of the blades. And, I, and that's happened in the past, too, with the money. Really? But, so I, you know, I was kind of disheartened there and I talking to, you know, some people about it and they said, oh, yeah, you need expandables, you need expandables. And I was like, yeah, you know, I've, I've killed them with muzzies, though. You know, it's so I don't know. It's it's kind of a got in my head about it. But um, yeah, but that one, that one kind of messed me up a little bit that, you know, Halloween is my favorite time of year to hunt. It's uh, it's my favorite day to hunt, I should say. But I mean, it was a night. It was probably a 125, 130 deer, you know, nothing. Yeah, nothing beat the charts, but it doesn't it does not matter to me. But it was a good buck that came in, did it perfect, you know, played, you know, messed around with some trees for about 10 minutes in front of me and finally gave me a shot. And I, I thought my nerves were gone enough to where I was going to, you know, do the, you know, get the seal of deal, but it didn't work out. <laughs> I've, and, uh, I've been shooting muzzies for, for years now. And, um, I'll tell you, I've, I've, I've missed my targets and stuff, you know, sighting in my bow before and shot through, uh, plywood privacy fences with those things and not damage them i've never had any issues um with them falling apart or with them with them breaking but i do have issues with blood trails with them do you do you ever experience anything like that like a light blood trail yeah like yeah just like very uh yeah. every four feet you get the drop 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 something like yeah. that yeah that's I, I did notice that with the say that I, a couple mishaps i had another one that I ended up shooting a little low and I, that one, I rushed the shot that that seller was to that one, but the same deal. He only, I only tracked blood for about 80 yards and lost it. So he went on, he went on a private and I got, I got permission through an Instagram message and uh, went on there. And as soon as he crossed that fence, the blood stopped. I don't don't know what the heck happened, but 
did circles around. I, they let me look for three days and never did find that deer. So I, I want to believe that he lived. And the thing is with public up here is they keep a, they keep a public uh, kill sheet out on the counter. So I looked and it was about 10 days after that. Uh, well, no, it had to be longer than that. So about two weeks because it was gun season. Um, a 10 pointer was taken out of that same area. So I was mm. hoping, I was, I'm hoping it was him and that, you know, I, I just, I just hope it was him. It hurts sometimes yeah. not knowing, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I think I just caught right above the belly line and, you know, they're tough, especially during that time of year, during the rut. So now do you, um, being in Indiana, I hunt, um, some public too, and on state ground, they have the little green cards here that you fill yep. out. Do you have those up where you're at? Yeah, the one-day permit cards, yep. Yep. So anytime I kill a deer on public, um, we have these little, like, drop boxes you drop them in whenever you leave. Right. I love to take a little bit of blood and smear it on that card whenever I'm successful. <laughs> I don't know who picks those cards up, and uh, I don't I don't know who reads them and everything, but sometimes I'll, I'll stop at, a, like, a lot or something, and I'll see, you know, that card box. You can open it up and kind of – get some intel on who's right. been oh, yeah. killing stuff and always look through there and see if anyone's like, you know, doing the same thing as me, but that's kind of like my signature is <laughs> a little bit of blood on the card. So you guys know that I I'm out here uh, getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little, uh, little confidence for yourself and a little, uh, sh not showing off, but yeah, in a sense. <laughs> it's almost, uh, you know, they say like serial killers and stuff. They leave their their signature on everything. That's kind of like my signature as a as a bow hunter. So, um, when it comes to like bow hunting gear um, specifics, can you kind of talk about some of the gear that you use? Um, you know, when you go out in the field, I know you hunt both both public and private, um, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about that in a minute, but. I just kind of want to know what you're taking with you um, in the woods or any kind of gadgets or, or stuff that you feel like you'd kind of be almost screwed without, like obviously your bow, but anything else uh, kind of come to mind that you're like, I got to have that. If you don't have it, you're turning, turning around home and getting it. Uh, well, obviously release. That's number one. I've turned around, gone home, but uh, no, my range <laughs> is definitely something that I have come to find that I need in the last couple of years. Um, yeah. I always have a, a handsaw because you never know. You just never know. Climber or ground. I always have that. Um, I got to have snacks and my water and I, I, I usually pack light. So, I mean, just that in my backpack, you know, that's about all I carry really. A flashlight, of course. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big water guy too. I don't really yeah. like to go in the woods without having water. That's yeah, one I, of my my things that I feel almost like lost if I don't have water. Exactly. Yeah, that's same here. Yep, hundred percent. So, do you have any pieces of gear specifically that you feel like maybe you've recently got, or maybe you started using a couple of years ago, or maybe you've been using them your whole whole bow hunting career that have sort of improved your success? Um, I guess the rangefinder because it's a it's a long longer story, but I I just recently started using a rangefinder like three years ago. Before that, I I was just I I was confident and I yeah you know I didn't feel like I needed one, and then started misjudging and shooting under or shooting over, and so I 
honestly, just rangefinder is the biggest, biggest takeaway from the, uh, you know, my, what gear I need to have. So, um, but no, I mean, in certain situations, it's, you know, I just, you got to assess it as far as, you know, do I need to take my climber or not? You know, that's, that's another big thing when it comes to assessing my gear. Um, but as far as, like I said, as far as my backpack, it's usually pretty light and I, uh, I, I, I wear face paint, so mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I don't care. It's something that I feel that I'm not obstructing, especially with a bow, because I've had it, you know, where yeah. it flips your face mask out when you shoot. And so bug spray. <laughs> yeah. Are you a thermosel? Because November I've even had mosquitoes. So are you a thermosel guy? I never have been. No. Yeah. No, just bug spray and. I covered up with scent killer. I, I'm not a, I don't, I don't really believe in the, the scent too much. You know, I'm, I, de- I definitely, you know, there's a factor there, but I don't, you know, I don't. Yeah. It's i uh, I'm a big believer in that. I've talked about it on here before. I'm a big believer in that thermocell. Yeah. Um, it does emit a little bit of an odor and I'll, I'll sometimes carry just some, some dopey and I'll kind of give it a little mist on that mat just to okay. kind of, to break it up. But, um, it's interesting that you talk about um, scent control because I've had a lot of people on here lately, including myself, that have kind of fallen off the bandwagon of the scent control. It used to be like, put all your stuff in a tote, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And it seems like through the years, that's kind of trickling down. I don't know if that got real big in the industry and people kind of bought into it. Now they're starting to realize or what, but I'll tell you what, I killed more deer last year not using scent control than I ever have any other year using it. So I'm pitching that stuff, man. I mean, like I said, there's times, especially early season where I'll, you know, I'll give it a quick spray down, but by the time I get in there, I'm sweated and sweated up and you know, that, you know, your odor overrides that, that water spray anyway. So it's just, unless you're, like you said, unless you're doing the totes and the ozone that, you know, the juries use that ozone. Yeah. Ozonics. Yeah that yeah. uh, little closet thing they got. But uh, unless you're, you're doing all that, I don't think it, and even then it's like, you spent so much money on that stuff. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this deer for anybody not on YouTube. I'm looking at this deer behind Brandon as he's telling me he's not real big into scent control. And I'm like, yeah, I don't need that stuff anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's hanging up on his wall with a couple turkey fans, and some other bucks back there. Especially with the hunting the ground, you know, you're, your sense not you know tree stand i feel like it's just yeah i could see it lofting down but on the ground i don't know i think i think being hidden is a little more important you know not moving when they're when the time you know when the time matters i think that's the biggest thing really so um i hunt indiana and kentucky i'm down in evansville not too far from kentucky i'm right on the river um so i start hunting september 4th over there for bow as you can imagine it's really hot and then october 1st here are you uh are you one of those guys that's getting out october 1st are you kind of holding off for a couple weeks i tell myself every year i'm gonna hold off until the third week of bow but i I, i'm always out there because especially once i get out there i realize i'm like well i can at least do some scouting here you know i can at least cover some ground and try to figure out if because i'm already gonna get sweated up so and the yeah. bugs are the bugs are going to be there, so I might as well move around a little bit, and and that's where the whole gr- you know the ground thing came came in. I guess was early you know early archery, 
being trying to escape the bugs and try to you know move around because the deer aren't going to be moving around you know yeah. so why 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 stay still if they're going to stay still yeah i uh i talked to a lot of guys about early archery season you know around here it's september 4th for kentucky and october 1st in Indiana. i don't know about illinois but everybody always tells me um i just kind of hold off till the third week of october and sometimes i wonder if that's um just due to kind of the heat and all that stuff if they just don't want to fight it or they just don't feel confident but man by the time october 1st or you know september 4th rolls around i'm itching so bad to get out i can't there's no way i could wait an extra three weeks it's like somebody shot me in the chest you know i'm just itching and like chomping at the bit to get out there so oh absolutely um, Absolutely. you ever you ever have success early on those first couple weeks yeah i have actually um i think it was last year i uh i shot a doe the third day of season so that was that was nice but uh um i don't think yeah actually yeah i have shot one on opening day before um it's about five years ago and i was on the ground um in some natural prairie grass that was about five foot tall so (laughs) but yeah i've had i've had a few occasions early yeah it's uh definitely gets the uh scratches the itch gets some meat in the freezer definitely oh absolutely you gotta you gotta do it so I brought you on here because I wanted to dive into, I know everybody's talking turkeys right now, and this may lead into turkeys um, because I see you got some on your wall and it probably has a a lot of the same kind of strategy going on, but I wanted to talk a lot about hunting deer from the ground. I know it's real big in the industry right now to kind of get rid of all the hunky clunky junk, Mm -hmm. go light. Everybody went to climbers and went to hang on stands and then everybody kind of wanting to transition into saddles now because it's really light. Right. Um, which I'm getting ready to start flirting around with myself because I am absolutely tired of carrying a summit <laughs> a mile and a half, two miles back in the woods with camera oh, gear and all this other stuff. I hear that. Um, but yeah, let's talk about hunting deer from the ground because, man, all you need is a bow and a backpack. I, I, I don't see you needing a stand or a saddle or ropes. Um, what kind of gave you the idea or wanted you uh, – made you want to hunt deer from the ground i guess just being um certain spots that i was finding on public really was a deciding factor as far as not enough openings you know and then not any trees for um tree stands and this that started probably you know six seven years ago um just walking into an area with my climber and being well that was a waste so i guess it just you know progressed into overcoming that you know obstacle okay let's Try from the ground. Let's see what happens. So the biggest thing as far, you know, that I found is trying to find as many trails, deer trails as possible and putting myself right, right in the middle. I mean, I've set up the deer I killed in 2018. I was three yards off the trail. I mean, Hmm. I just had, I had to be right there. And I, I found a tree, you know, to lean against with enough brush in front of me that ended up, you know, working out. So I, I guess sitting close, you know, and, talk to guys that hunt out of tree stand, you know, or anytime, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be at least 10 yards off that trail. They're going to smell you. I said, well, Hey, I'll take my chance. That's the way I look at it. I'm, you know, yeah, you got to take chances and when you're on the ground. That's the biggest thing you got to, you got to go, you got to break out of your, uh, your safe barrier, so to speak. You know, what you think, what do you think the deer is going to think? You know, sometimes you got to overcome that and 
try to think outside the box and just go with it. And it's kind of, it's kind of paid off. So it's definitely something that, you know, if you haven't done before, it's, it's relaxing too. I mean, it's, you ain't got to worry about falling asleep. Cause I, you know, I, when I get out in the woods, I'm so relaxed and I, I fell asleep on my, my stomach uh, climber before. And that's easy to do. It is easy to do. And I, I, want to think it's you know safe because i i feel like i'm not gonna but i know it's not you know i I know it's and i'm not i'm not the best on wearing uh harnesses so that's you know that's a deciding factor too is heights and uh not carrying in a a harness so you know the the lighter you pack that you know the more you can essentially do as far as if you need to move or you know i guess less scent if you want to think about it that way too yeah, so I have um, some public ground, some state public ground near me. Um, it used to be a strip mine at one time, so they mined it for coal. And then they're required to plant trees. Well, everybody knows that trees take a long time to grow. Oh, yeah. So these trees are 20, 30 feet high. They're not very high at all. So um, you can't get climbers in them. So I started flirting around last year with um taking in a mobile setup, which I got tired of not being, I got tired of seeing the good spot to hunt, but having to put my climber somewhere like 30, 40 yards away in a tree that they just happened not to cut down when they mined it. Yeah. I started doing that. And, um, still sometimes you get in these situations where you can't get a a hang on in that stand. So I kind of wanted to start playing with saddles and uh, ground hunting, because as you know, if you're 20 yards off when you're bow hunting, it can really, uh, really affect you. And it it, it bit me uh, two or three times last year on this 10 that I was trying to kill. So I'm like, I got to do something different this year. I got to be more mobile. So when it comes to uh, ground hunting, is that something you do solo or do you ever bring anybody along with you? I think the only time I've ever hunted on the ground um, with somebody else is my wife. Yeah. When I, she, she just started getting into it, uh, four or five years ago. Um, so yeah, I've sat on the ground with her many times and even if it's, you know, 60, 50, 60 yards away, you know, she, she has no problem. She finally, she finally killed her first deer last year. took four seasons or four or five seasons, but, uh, she ended up killing her first deer and she was on the ground and the deer walked up to her about nine yards away. Wow. (laughs) No. That's an experience. It was, it was, it was a button buck, which I don't discriminate for first year, you know? Yeah. Heck I've, I've taken button bucks in the last five years. It's, it's good meat. I don't care. That's the best meat there is. Yeah. No buck shaming for me. You won't ever hear me say that. You just, I mean, you just got to know your population really. Yeah. I mean, it's, and plus public, you know, somebody else is going to, somebody else is going to take it. You know, I, as far as the, as far as, you know, mature bucks though, I, I've learned to, you know, definitely try to hold off, hold, you know, hopefully they'll make it even though it's the public ground. Yeah. Well, they, they do. One thing about big, big deer on public ground is they don't get that way being stupid. Exactly. Exactly. They, uh, it's, uh, it's almost shocking how much, how much deer can pattern humans. There's, um, that 10 that I was trying to kill this year right up the road from work. So I was going into work super early so I could, you know, drive there after work, get in the last couple of hours. 
and uh, I could only hunt it during the week because there's nobody there during the week. Yep. The deer at 10 was only showing up during the week. On the weekend I went there, I went there four or five weekends in a row. I didn't see him. Wow. So That's it seems like uh, I think I was going on like two. He was showing up in that area. I was hunting. He was showing up on like Tuesdays and Wednesdays right about the same time. And like I said, I couldn't. I had him at like five yards one night, like a minute or two after last shooting light. But otherwise, he was just off a little bit. You know, I couldn't get in the right tree with the setup I had. And mm-hmm. but yeah, it's uh, it's shocking how much those deer just like know on the weekend. Guys are in the parking lot. Guys are running around back in the woods. You know, carrying climbers, clink, 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 flashlights mm-hmm. everywhere. Didn't see a single deer on the weekend. <laughs> um. When it comes to like hunting on the ground, you know, are you doing any like what they call ground pounding? Like, you know, you're kind of more or less stalking them or are you pretty much stationary the whole time? Um, Primarily stationary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't unless I'm not, you know, unless I get in early, so to speak, like noon, you know, and sit, yeah. there, sit in one spot for a couple hours and like, oh, well, maybe over here might be better. But as far as seeing one and actually stalking it, I, I, I can't recall the last time I've done that. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I usually just try to stay put. And like I said, once I, you know, get on a certain trail or a couple trails, um, a Y is definitely, you know, the best spot to be because, you know, the more trails, the merrier. Yeah. So, but, yeah, it's mainly stationary. So. Are you a, are you a makeshift kind of blind guy? Um, yeah, absolutely. I used to. I used to take the big bulky blinds out everywhere I went and that's what I kind of got my wife into it was, you know, with the blinds and just ditched that a couple of years ago. And yeah, I just, I just roll with whatever I, you know, whatever natural, I think, I think that's the best way to, best way to go. I mean, I know you can get, you get away with the, the bulky blinds and Turkey season and you can't, you can kill deer with blinds. I, I, I get that, but um, no, I just like to, if I got to get in a half hour early and find a bunch of dead log, you know, sticks around me, deadfalls are the best if they end up you know if the trail ends up going right right by a deadfall that's the best spot to be yeah that's any type of game you know so i see um see a lot of people just go out in the woods and pop up a blind and uh i'll be honest with you i've done it probably more than i should but if you go out in the woods and you pop up a blind and a deer walks by it, it's generally going to spook it more than it's going to do any good unless it's been soaking for a while. I yeah. feel like at least yeah. around my area, if it's not been sitting there for a couple of weeks and they walk by and there's just some brand new <laughs> blind popped up, it's almost right. like it, it's almost like you got a flashing light on top of your head. So I was wondering if you, if you went in and like to pop those blinds up or if you were just going in and kind of, making your own blind now are you just kind of cutting up sticks and making a blind or are you just kind of tucking back and whatever yeah i'd cut off uh i like to cut off uh leafy you know green leafy branches is yeah. what i like to primarily put in front of me um I like to have a nice nice backdrop uh big tree deadfall or uh if i have to use a small tree with a lot of brush behind me if i have to pile up the brush or whatever you know whatever whatever it has to come down to um Breaking up my back seems to be the biggest part as far as when it comes to the draw. Um, but yeah, the leafy green, I can't remember what trees they are, but they have the little red berries on them and they're, they're not, they don't grow very tall and they, they're kind of sporadic. They grow out real, you know, real sporadic and they're really thick. I wish I could remember what tree they are. I not a holly tree, right? 
it, it might be. I don't know. Are the leaves kind of spiny? Kind of ovally. And yeah, they, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it almost looks like a dogwood leaf. I don't know if you know what a dog a dogwood yeah. leaf looks like. Sounds it almost like looks like those, but yeah, I can't remember what they're called. Sometimes they the the base. I mean, because like I said, there's several um, sporadic branches or bases, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I, I could I could I could find it. But yeah, I, I don't remember what they're called. But they it seems like I always run into those, and they make good cover because they're nice and light, but they have a lot of a lot of leaves on them. Now, do you worry about going in, um, making a bunch of noise when you're cutting those sticks up and you're kind of brushing in your blind? Yeah, I never really, never really, I try to be as quiet as possible at all times. Yeah. If I have to, if I have to leave a little earlier to get in, you know, but no, I, I mean, there's been times where I've tried to make it natural, try to make it sound like a buck, you know, there's been times, you know, not often, but yeah. Um, no, I, I just, if I have to saw slowly, that's, that's what I'll do. I mean, I, I take pruners too, you know, if, it, if they're yeah. small, small, small enough to use pruners, that's definitely the way to go. Um, pruners are uh, uh, a lifesaver when it comes to trying to be quiet in the woods, well, it seems like. Absolutely. And that got that trick from Turkey on. It's That's where most of the, most of the ground stuff, you know, as far as like knowing what to do. Cause I mean, um, Turkey hunting will definitely give you a ground, you know, give you that ground, uh, solid, 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 <laughs> give you that solid, uh, confidence. So that's where that transferred over from, you know, but yeah, my saw, my saw is definitely number one. Cause if I got to, if I had to, you know, if I don't have a good backdrop, I got to use a, find a bigger branch to put behind me or whatever, you know, that's what, I, that's what I'll do. So when you're hunting you go in, Let's pretend you go in and you, you make a little makeshift blind. Um, are you just sitting, sitting like your ass right on the ground? Or are you sitting on a bucket or something? Cause I could imagine that it gets uncomfortable. <laughs> it could be both uncomfortable and hard to shoot with you sitting with your back against a tree and your legs out. Um, I could see that maybe being hard or maybe having limbs in front of you. Do you, see a deer and then like pop up to your knees or kind of run us through how that works. Yeah. So, uh, popping up on my knees is how it usually works out. And if I, if the deer sees me before then, then it wasn't meant to be that day. Um, yeah. so yeah, that I, I usually start off, you know, just sitting relaxed, you know, but then when, once like, you know, you get that feeling that, mm -hmm. you know, prime time, you know, prime yeah. time's coming up. So, yeah. you know, I'll get on my knees and then I'll kind of move around a little bit, you know, probably more than I should, but I feel that I'm tucked away enough that I can get away with it as long as I move slowly. But, uh, yeah, I, I lucked out with, uh, my 2020 buck because I didn't have much, uh, cover. I, I had a, a fence post behind me with blonde grass. I, I, I leave my lane mode, um, all year round around our field. It's about 15 acre field. So. I leave enough to, you know, for the tr a truck to get around. Well, I, le I left the fence line about two, three foot, you know, not mowed. And it, it stayed about three, four foot high, but blonde, thick grass, foxtail, you know, things of that nature. So I had my decoy out and luckily he walked right behind that thing. And, you know, I, I had enough time to draw back. I, I just, I can't believe, I can't believe it worked out. I can't, <laughs> I just, because with the other buck in 2018 that I shot off the ground, I I was hunting a swamp, so I could hear him coming from 
I don't even know how many yards away. I mean, I could, I could hear him coming. So I had, I had, a, I had time to get up and my whole right side was blocked, which would, so I guess we get back up and I could tell you that whole story. Yeah. Let's, let's hear the so, whole story. So the 20, I believe it was 20, it had to be 2018. Yeah. The 2018 deer um, is the Sunday before I, sh- I shot him on Thursday. So that Sunday before it was youth duck season and me and my cousin were in a flooded cornfield and it was about nine o'clock. I, I look on, on the ditch bank and I'm like, there's a buck over there. Huh? You know, I didn't really think anything of it. We're trying to get some wood ducks, but uh, yeah. he got closer, got closer, got closer. My cousin's like, that's a, that's a nice buck, you know? And I'm like, yeah, it is. And so um, I, I had never hunted that area before. And I went in, went in blind that Monday you know, to kind of checked it out. Not much, you know, I don't, I don't think I've seen a deer that day. And then the Tuesday, this deer came up uh, from my right. And I, I wasn't very far into, uh, to the swamp. I was more towards the, they, they have a dove field up front and it's so it gradually turns into the swamp. So I kind of hunted up towards the field and I could, I could kind of hear a deer coming, you know, through the water because by that time the water fades off. When, once you get close to the field and uh i kind of slid down i was up on like a little grassy hill on a ditch bank and i kind of slid down to look and he seen me it's too late he seen me took off and this time i was using a crossbow this time of year just be yeah i kind of i kind of dabbled in that you know i won't hate on you i shot my buck this year with a crossbow so that yeah. one above my head i shot on the ground with a crossbow and I'll tell you what, I, it's a hell of a rush. Yeah. No, I, I don't discriminate at all. I mean, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. And it, it ended up work. I don't think I could have killed that, that deer with my, my compound as much, yeah. as, wanted, as much as I wanted to. But, uh, so I went back that Wednesday and I called my butt off, you know, grunting, grunting. And this is October 16th. You know, what am I doing? <laughs> Just trying anything to get this deer to come, come back and, no luck that day either. So I went back that Thursday and uh, got there real early. Um, well, as early as getting off work would allow, you know. Um, so found a good tree further up towards the swamp, towards the, the high water. It was like the only tree that, you know, sat up above the water. So a little five-inch cherry tree, not very big. But I had plenty of brush in front of me. And like I said, my right side was totally blocked. So I kind of cleared uh, just one shooting hole, you know, about yay big. One shooting hole. He had to be right there. I guess that's the, you know, where the ground, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be right there or nothing. So he ended up coming, like I said, it was about a three-yard shot. Well, a four-pointer came in first. He came by first. And uh, I was like, well, he's not coming, you know. And it wasn't, it wasn't a minute after that I heard more uh, – more thrashing through the water. So I got, I got back up in my, on my knees and ready to go. And, uh, it ended up being that 10 pointer I, that I'd seen. So I didn't, I don't, I didn't even make him stop. I, he was so close. I just put the pin on him and that was it. So I will tell you, it is very hard to track a deer in water. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he ended up dying in the water. So, oh yeah. I mean, he never got out. He never got to dry land. So, Wow. I, I had to call in some uh, some backup. My cousins came out and helped me. Thank God. And my 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 one cousin's like, I smell guts. You gut shot this deer. I'm like, there's no way. You know, I was like, he's he was right there. I, you know, well, he was 
actually kind of quartered to me and I didn't realize it. Uh, well, it, it exited through the guts and he, he's like, I smell it. I smell it. It wasn't 30 seconds later. He, he found that deer. So, wow. you know, I, I was shining light through it. I was, I, I just told him, I was like, he, I know he ran that way, you know, cause I, as soon as I shot, I ran out of the brush to watch cause there was many, la- many lanes mowed through there. It's, I don't know why they had it set up like that, but, uh, I jumped out to see where he went and he cut down the first lane. And so that's about all I had to go off of. And yeah, he ended up being floating in the water right off, right off the trail, which there wasn't much of a trail. It was all water, but <laughs> so it made the, the drag back easy though. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Cause like I said, it, they flooded off for ducks, duck hunting, but yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's funny that you mentioned about him, you know, being quartered t- towards you and, and hitting some of the guts the one I shot this year, I had the same thing going on. And when I gutted him, it was the strangest thing. Um, and most people probably won't believe me, but I gutted him. And there was like, you know, when you start pulling everything out, there was two pieces of corn inside the chest cavity. So I had nicked the belly just enough to like let that come out of its stomach. But there wasn't anything else in there. No green, no. It was the weirdest thing huh. I've ever seen in my life. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, you know, when you get that quartering towards shot and you shoot it with a crossbow with, um, you know, 185 pound pullback, you know, it doesn't take much to, to get that arrow that far back. Right. Absolutely. So kind of when you're setting up on the ground to hunt, um, are you going in and just looking for the same kind of stuff you would be if you're hunting from a stand or does that, does that vary a little bit? Um, I know maybe terrain, I could see the terrain being something that might differ. Obviously you're looking for food and sign, I would think, but I could see maybe the terrain, um, you know, the way you got to set up on the ground, maybe you got to be higher up or lower cause you're not elevated. Um, kind of talk a little bit about that. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I'd rather be on top of a ridge if I'm, yeah. I'm going to be hunting the ground and I mean, even a stand top of the ridge you can you know you have more eyesight but uh if i don't have that option i like i said i, I try to find the thickest stuff closest to a deer trail where as if i'm hunting a, a tree stand i want a, a good opening you know to where i have several shots so when i hunt the ground like i said i one or two shots you know and that's that's what you gotta that's what you gotta roll with because you you want to be so brushed into where you know, you can get away with pulling your bow back or lifting your crossbow or whatever, you know, getting your gun up and maybe being able to get the safety off or whatever, whatever it might be. So, um, yeah, I don't really care about openings too much when I'm on the ground, you know, so being close to a bedding area, I find myself being close to bedding, you know, cause they, they like to be in the thick stuff. So I'll, I'll be just outside of a bedding area. Most of the time, um, find myself in that situation. Um, yeah, I, when I'm, when I, when I take my climber in, I, I like to find a deer trail, you know, obviously, and I'll set up 10, 15 yards off of it in hopes that that's the one that they're going to use, which most time does not happen. So, but, uh, if I, if I should have done it this past season, but definitely this season, it's going to happen. I, where I should have moved to the ground because I didn't, I only had one tree to use my climber in that mm-hmm. I felt comfortable in, you know, felt, felt comfortable with as far as cover and 
being, you know, there's deer trails all over my, where I had my climber set up. So I should have went in and hunted from the ground, which if this buck made it this year, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. I set my sights on, which it usually, usually happens. I'll set my sights on more, you know, one deer if I can, if I can, which it doesn't always work out that way as we know, but, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that one deer situation here yeah. in a little bit too. Cause I want to get your, uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess when you, when you're hunting from the ground early season, when they're kind of on those, you know, early season feeding patterns where you can pretty right. much pattern them to the minute, um, maybe right. the first couple of weeks of October, definitely in September in Kentucky, are you setting up right on that field? Are you like 20 yards back? Or are you trying to get closer to the bedding? Closer to bedding, I would, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Which the spot that I, uh, I mean, it usually works out to where I am close to a food source anyway. Um, but yeah, usually bedding because especially early season, they don't move till late. You know, you want to be, you want to be as close as you can to where their first movement's going to be. Um, they might not make it to the field till after shooting time, which I've, you know, I've seen several times. Yeah. So, cause I, 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 I like hunting field edges, you know, on the ground, definitely. But early season, it seems like they don't make it out there in time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, being in the thick stuff, you know, can, as is up, up and downs, um, as long as they come out before shooting time, you usually pretty, pretty good. At least, at least you can see the deer, you know, that's still a successful hunt in my eyes. You know, seeing seeing animals being being out there, you know, is a, a success anyway. But seeing deer is my you know my goal. It's yeah. amazing how miserable you can get in early season. How hot, and sweaty, and you're like yeah. cussing it. And then, like the last ten minutes, you see like a ton of deer come by, or you see them like 50, 60 yards off, and it just like seems to just take that all away. <laughs> it just kind of seems to make it worth it even if you don't get get a shot oh it's absolutely weird. absolutely i i love it when a, a young buck buck or fawn comes running and just you know they they act so squirrely and jump around especially when they have another one with them it, yeah. just little things like that you know they're like puppy dogs playing sometimes oh, oh yeah, yeah. Just, you know it's the little things especially early season like you said when it, it can be slower yeah yeah um so I guess when it comes to to calling bucks from the ground, is there anything different that you would do versus if you were hunting from an elevated stand? I know I've seen guys kick leaves and rake brush and stuff kind of, it's probably more of a rut thing I would imagine, but is there anything different you do being on the ground or? Not, I, not a whole lot, really. I, I usually, uh, I usually only use a grunt call that has a doe bleat built in because um, mm -hmm. that I'll usually just doe bleat most of the time and, or, you know, throw a couple, throw a couple grunts. And that's, that's usually ground or uh tree stand is uh, just the doe bleats and the grunts. Um, I've, I've tried rattling in the past. I, I think it scares more deer than anything and not so much scares, but it, I don't think it, it's a, like, Oh, I need to go check that out. I don't, I don't really believe that too much yeah. just just my opinion with uh my experiences so i think doe bleeding is very effective especially around halloween and you know the couple the weeks following 
I've uh, I've never had a whole lot of success um, rattling either. I've played around with it. I think um, I think a lot of it is has to do with where you hunt and kind mm. of how many bucks are around. If you're on private or public, right. if you and 17 other guys on this, you know, 20 acre lot are all rattling at the same time, you know, there's a lot of variables that could kind of play into that, but I'm kind of with you. I I'm almost, you know, I usually have a rattle bag in my, in my, um, backpack, but mm. I'd have to say in the, in the past couple of years, I don't think I've pulled it out and used it. Yeah. I feel like yeah, it almost well, scares them off. Maybe 5% of the season I'll, I'll rattle, but I, I just, I just to get, you know, get me fired up. If it's, you know, if all they said or something, get, you know, a little slow, I'll yeah. just, you know, try to make a bunch of racket, get, you know, just try to fire one up. But yeah. I, I have never had one answer to the rattle. It's almost like uh, you do it out of boredom. It's almost like you make a bunch of noise, wake the woods up, and then it's like you just got there. You're waiting for it to settle down again. Yeah. 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 So I want to talk a little bit about camouflage. I know uh, I know we talked a little bit before this, and, and you're on TikTok a little bit, so you may have seen kind of the the Sitka guys versus the first light guys versus the whatever guys. So I know that's like a big topic in the industry right now, Absolutely. but I am curious on what kind of camo you wear. Um, and, uh, how important it is when you're hunting from the ground versus when you're hunting from a stand, does it, you think it differs on what kind of camo you should wear as far as being skyline and stuff like that? Or is it all about movement and being brushed in? I believe that it's all, you know, like you said, the movement being brushed in. I, I wear Nomad. Um, I, that's what I wear. This will be the fourth season. Um, I, it's extremely comfortable. Um, and they have a few color variations. Um, but yeah, I, I had, it's funny. I have a sick jacket that uh, a guy down the road was, he had posted online that, you know, 150 bucks and this is originally a $320 jacket and I told my wife I was like I have got to get on this you know and that's the only piece piece of sick I've ever worn put on you know and I still get crap for one of my friends about it but it's it's comfortable it works you know I don't I don't wear it. it's mainly a waterfall uh you know that kind of camo breakup but uh yeah like I said Nomad is extremely comfortable it's breathable if I have to wear, you know, long johns under it, it's usually about all I need, you know, until it comes to late November. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it gets real cold. Then the bibs come out, but, you know, yeah. those are my, you know, Walmart faded bibs that, you know, it doesn't, it, it by that time, it, I don't think the deer really care. <laughs> I no. think they care a lot more. It seems like, you know, in my opinion, it, they care a lot more early season, you know, it seems like by late season, they're, they're just, you know, whatever. I got to get to point, point A to point B. Yeah. You know. Tired of being shot at, chasing their girlfriends. Yeah. Um, they're going to be there or not. You know. Some guy in an orange, you know, jumpsuit, they're not going to care much about November, in late November. I tell yeah. you what, I, I've never used a, a trail camera on public ground before until last season. And the pictures I've seen of guys walking by my trail camera is hilarious. Yeah. It, it, didn't, it didn't start until gun season. You know, I had yeah. nothing. I had nothing. And the, the spot I ended up found, finding, which I guess I should take the gears back a little bit here. So I usually never go to the same spot every year. I try to find a new spot as far as like, so you got like 
the one uh, piece of public has 14 different areas, you know, yeah, like different uh, lots. Yeah. 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 And then I got, I don't know if uh, TNC is down by you or if you're familiar with TNC at all, but uh -uh. It, they're, they're all about the uh, bringing back the natural prairies and they actually okay. have, uh, I don't know how many they're up to now, but they introduced 80 head of Buffalo in 2016 down by me. Huh. Well, it's, it's all like, if you could think of like the old Western habitat, you know, are those game to shoot or no? No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> that would be very cool. But uh, no, that that grassy stuff is kind of like that's definitely where the a lot of the ground hunting started because there is zero trees on TNC property. They they just don't they don't do the trees. I mean, I shouldn't say zero. There's one area that has a bunch of pine trees that uh, they keep cattle in, but other than you, know, I have I've never deer hunted or seeing anybody deer hunt that but might be something to try but yeah every year i try to i try to you know go to, go to something different i don't know if i'm gonna be able to do that this year because what i seen where i was at last year but i was only 250 yards max from my truck i yeah. mean and parking your truck is a it could be a big uh factor i found where i was parking originally on the south side of the road um my why am I not seeing deer when I park on the south side? And it ended up being there's a deer trail that runs right through the parking lot. Yep. And they were betting about 50 yards away. Mm-hmm. Because I I parked there one day, and I, I, I see them kick up and go. I'm like, what the heck? And then I realized there's a deer trail coming right through that parking lot. So I parked on the north side, and it's, you know, set off about 80 yards from the other one on the north side. Very fortunate because they're not very courteous parking lots. <laughs> but, uh, got it right there it, 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 it's uh very helpful so but yeah that any deer that comes out into the opening where where the spot was i was hunting last year um they could they could see the road they could see they could probably pick out my truck if they wanted to but uh yeah the road the road noise was something that you have to get used to you know other than, other than others other hunting hunters you know i'm glad you touched on on that um there was a spot that I was trying to kill a couple uh, of velvet bucks on this year in Kentucky mm. and um, they were bedded same kind of thing going on. You park and they're like, you park down lower a little bit and they're bedded up on top of this Ridge. And the only other place to park is like a mile and a half around. And the only way to kind of like get up to them is to climb up that Ridge and get close. Mm. So it's like they had it figured out. They were looking down at the road all the time they were looking down at the parking lot all the time. They know some guy drives around, walks all the way through the woods, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those deer, man, on public, it's, it's it's a whole different it's a whole different breed from private. That is nobody private. nobody thinks about parking your vehicle when it comes to deer hunting a whole lot, but it does matter on public ground. I'm yeah, yeah it's funny that you say that. Yeah, yeah I've hunted I've, I've hunted public all my life, and it's just I learned something new all the time. I mean, it's nonstop. You know, just little little tactics that that will you know pay off, and that that seemed to be you know the deciding factor in seeing deer because I'd see a couple you know doe here, little you know little button buck or whatever here, and uh, I, I don't know why I seen so many button bucks last year, but I I seen a lot. But uh, anyway, I once I moved that car to a different lot, the buck started appearing. It was it was like, it was like a light switch. I I couldn't believe it. But there you go, guys. If you're having any issues, 
with your de your deer not showing up and you're hunting public or something, maybe private even, think about where you're parking your vehicle because them suckers, man, they know. Yeah. <laughs> they know. Absolutely. So Especially you got a big white four wheel drive. <laughs> so oh yeah. I see that thing coming up. like a big white flag. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to um anybody that hunts a whole lot of public ground, I always like to ask them if they have any kind of um wild stories from spending time on public ground as far as it comes to with like other hunters maybe maybe you got shot or some guy tried to run you off of his area in public ground um you know anything crazy like that ever happened to you you know i've, I've been pretty fortunate to where i haven't had too many you know you know drastic run-ins but uh there's a there's this time that uh I didn't even have my license yet. My grandpa dropped me off in this area and it was, it was about a hundred yards in off the road. Um, but the, uh, the stand belonged to a guy at the local archery shop um, who ran it. And uh, he had kind of, he didn't really full on say you can hunt it, but he like hinted toward, you know, told, you know, told us I got to stand you know, in here kind of like, you know, yeah, if you can find yeah. it, you can hunt it. <laughs> kind of like he didn't full on say, but yeah, he he beat around the bush. So I, my grandpa's like, yeah, he, you know, he said you can hunt it, you know. So I was like, you know, my grandpa, my grandpa was off the wall. So I was like, yeah, I'll go in there. Well, he ended up coming to that stand, and he he had probably fifteen stands in that area because he that's what is this what he told us? He's like, I got one for you know every wind direction, rain, you know. That's Whatever. called, yeah, in public, some public land guys, they like to saturate an area yeah. so you'll stay out of it. Yeah, exactly. Land, you know, landlock it or whatever you want yeah. to call it. But, uh, yeah, he came up and he was, he was hot. He was not happy. Uh-oh. He ended up, he ended up letting me stay. You know, he, he, he gave me, he gave me some words. I told him who I was. He didn't, he didn't, rec he, you know, I think he was just so mad that he didn't realize who I was. And, you know, I, I full on told him like, I'll get down. You know, he's like, no, just stay there. I'll go, I'll go hunt over here. Like, like I felt, I just, that it kind of it ruined the hunt, you know? I, yeah. You know, so I, I went back in and apologized to him and he, he acted like, you know, Oh no, you're fine. Go ahead and hunt whenever you want. And then that's when he gave me like, I'm like, what is going on here? You yeah. know, just in the moment on, on public, sometimes it's like, what do people think? I mean, I have witnessed more, you know, silly things so to speak yeah. <laughs> and i have had happen to me i guess um now waterfall that's a whole different story but deer hunting it's usually pretty mellow yeah yeah i don't uh i always make sure on um any i guess any really saturated public ground you know how you kind of hunt a, a public area and it's like there's a lot of people and then you hunt a public area and there's like some people any kind of public ground that I bow hunt early season um, that's I know is going to be super saturated during gun season. Like I'm talking like 15 guys for like a five, 10 acre lot. Um, I always make sure to pull my stands out, you know, that last few days. Cause I know they're going to all be dragging their, uh, dragging their big double man stands in there the weekend prior. And um, I've actually had quite a few stands and stuff stolen over the years. Oh, so I uh, try not to put anything too expensive out there, but that's yeah. the main, main issues I've had with public. I've had a couple of weird freaky run-ins with people, but um, nothing super dangerous, I would say. No. Yeah. Nothing. You know, you hear a lot of people, you know, talk about how, Oh, I'll never hunt public. You know, I'll never, which I, whatever, you know, do what you want. But 
I have had way more good experiences on public than bad. And um, this past season, I guess I, I had this uh, truck parked because I guess, like I said, I could see the road. I could see my truck, this part, this truck parked and it, we were getting 10 days before um, gun season. And uh, I'm like, Oh, they're getting, you know, they're getting ready for gun season. They're going to put it, you know, put up a stand. Well, what it ended up being, which I found out in shed hunting, they, uh, they were making all kinds of racket. And I was seeing deer steady that day, you know, about every 20 minutes, I was seeing the deer, from, you know, this direction, that direction, whatever. So they walk in and I mean, they're talking and they're probably 200, three, 200, 300 yards away. Couldn't really get, you know, at any given time. And, uh, just making all kinds of racket. It sounded like they were beating trees with sledgehammers. Well, that's actually what they were doing. They were building a ground line with plywood and two by fours, and they were nailing branches to it. I found it in uh, when I was shed hunting. So this certain this TNC I talk about. It's uh, if you, if they do have trees, um, which like I said, there's very slim chance that there's a tree on uh, TNC. If they do have trees, you're not allowed to keep Cut them. them. Yeah. You're, not allowed, you're not allowed to keep your trees overnight. You have to you have to pull everything out. So that's where the climber and the ground hunting comes in, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm I'm not gonna because I you know d- definitely hunting out of a ladder stand can be you know effective. But you know I, if if I got to hunt the ground, I'm gonna hunt the ground. So, but yeah, that I could not believe that. that you know, I just just ruined my hunt. I wanted to wanted to throw dopey on the truck or something to get back. Yeah, out. I just I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here before you know. I, I, I did wait for them just to ask them what they were doing, but uh, about 20 minutes and I, it got dark and I said, all right, you know, whatever. But I never did see that truck come back. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they hunted that spot or not. I mean, I, I, I was out of there. I, I ended up shooting my buck with a muzzleloader last year. Um, it was five days after opening day of uh, firearm here. So. I had a, I had a weird experience like that one time too. I was hunting about 25 foot up in a, um, in a hang on stand and it was probably, I, I got in there way early. Um, you know how it is. It doesn't get dark till kind of later early on the season right. or whatever. And I, I hear this racket coming in from this field that I had walked down and I was probably six or 700 yards from the truck. So I hear this racket all of a sudden I see these two guys dragging this double double man stand and they're dragging it right across where all these deer, these deer are coming out this way every night and going to the field and they're coming and these guys are dragging it in, in yeah. this way. And I whistled at them and they look, I whistled at them. They look, they finally saw me up in the tree and I'm like, you know, yeah. Hey, like I'm hunting, like you mind <laughs> getting out of here or something? So they kind of like waved me off, you know, I was some young, you know, 19, 20 year old kid and they were old boom, old boomers, I'll, <laughs> I'll say. And, uh, they went ahead and hung that, hung that ladder stand and I watched them the whole time and they left about, I'd say an hour and a half prior to last light. And sure enough, I ended up shooting a doe that evening. Wow. Um, I don't know if those, those deer were waiting on them to kind of get out of there and, you know, they made all that noise and then maybe the deer thought it was safe to come out because they were gone. Maybe it played right. in my favor or what, but right. Yeah. I, I wish I would have seen those guys when I dragged that deer out. Cause I would have been like, Haha, look suckers got one anyway. <laughs> I, I, all right. One more story. Now that, yeah. Now that we, we, love, 
We no, love stories I had, here. I had one. I had one coming back. Uh, and it's always. It seems like it always happens right before gun season. I don't know why. And I nothing against gun hunters. Nothing against gun hunters. But it seems like I don't know. It's like you can put your stands up September first. You know. Yeah. Just do it then. <laughs> but they don't no, care. They don't care about us bow hunters for some no, reason. No. I was probably. I, well, I was still in high school. It was after. It was after school. I was probably seventeen. Uh, trying to get one of my buddy's younger brothers into hunting, and uh, I got him set up on a a good uh, deer trail that couple ditches crossed, you know, pinch point. And uh, I just kind of drifted off, and I was going to hunt a hunt a field. And I get a call from him that says, "There's a guy out here in a truck, you know, on public land. You you can't drive your own vehicle on. You yeah, know, you can't drive past that non authorized sign." So. Yeah, I'm like a truck. I'm like, it's not white, is it? You know, making sure it's not DNR. He said, no, it's a, you know, it's gray, whatever it was, gray charcoal uh, Chevy. So I, I haul butt back there. Hang on. This kid, the kid's only 13 years old. You know, I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't want him getting in harm's way or something like that. So I get back there and I, I've, I've had run-ins with this guy before and in the, the, they weren't bad run-ins, you know, I, I've just, I've seen them and, so I get up there and I'm like, what's going on? You know, after a, about a 500 yard run, I just sprinted and uh, he was like, oh, I'm hanging my, my stand up. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. I was like, you know, you're not supposed to be driving back here. Right. And I'm like, just make it, you know, like, you know that. Right. He goes, I can, I can, I can do it as I please. You know, I'm just like, okay, I see where this is going. Yeah. So whatever kind of, I took a picture of his license plate, you know, just to show headquarters, like, come on, man, you know, you know, just, just to give them a, in case this happens again deal. So, which, you know, nothing ever happens out of that, I believe, but whatever. So <laughs> ends up being, I was like, okay, well let's move over here. I'm going to go around the corner. We got about an hour and a half left. Let's see what happens. So I, I start walking down on the other side of the ditch and this eight pointer jumps out of the ditch and I ended up missing, but I, I took, I took a shot with my bow and shot right underneath them with a, I'll never shoot Walmart arrows again because of this reason. <laughs> the knock took my my string, and I believe that's why it shot low. Mm. I mean, I was I shoot my bow all the time, man. It's I, I feel like you know I feel like I should have had that deer, and I was oh, that just that just set it up. You know, we're done. <laughs> buy good arrows, <laughs> everybody. Buy good arrows. Yeah, I, I shoot Black Eagle now, so <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah, crazy, that's man. Yeah, that truck on public is that one kind of rubbed me wrong definitely especially when you're trying to get a kid into it and yeah truck 50 yards away from them it's come on man i can uh i can really turn somebody off you know yeah um, hunting public like that and having stuff like that happen it's like as a seasoned hunter you kind of understand that 90 percent of the time stuff kind of goes wrong but yeah. as you're a as you're a new hunter you know you kind of go in with the expectation that things should kind of go right and when you see stuff like that it's kind of like oh maybe this isn't for me you know so yeah yeah the young hunters see the pictures you know that's all they see is the positives and yeah you know, it's kind of you got to kind of get it you know may not see anything it's going to be hot you know <laughs> so that's the way it goes I, I definitely love getting you know kids into the outdoors i i because i you know i i enjoyed when i was brought up at that age so you know whatever age um whatever age it may be I, this year i'm gonna take a 
believe he's 12, uh, 11, 11 year old turkey hunting. He's never been hunting before, just fishing. So yeah, that's going to be fun. But uh, I back it up a little bit. My buddy's other brother that I had taken, I took him out. Uh, he, you know, he wanted to shoot a deer. He got a new gun for Christmas or whatever it was the year before. Never shot the gun. Never shot the gun before this, you know, and I didn't find that out to that morning. I was like, you never shot this gun. What are you talking about? And uh, this is hunting that TNC where it's all grass. Mm-hmm. We, we got up against uh, 15 yards off the private line, you know, which is they make it very clear out there. So we got we got up against the private line, I guess, the deadfall. And uh, kids never shot a deer. Never, you know, never, like I said, never shot the gun. 20 minutes goes, you know, 20 minutes after shooting time, this doe walks out. And about 25 yards, I said, all right, put it behind the shoulder. You know, <laughs> he had all the time in the world. She didn't know we were there. Dropped her. I was like, are you kidding me? You yeah. Know? And he never hunted after that again. Really? He, he got his fill and he, he never hunted it. Yeah. I could not believe it. Wow. Yeah, it just, you know, he, he was all about it and shot a deer and said, okay, I'm done. So I, that was kind of, you know, I was like, well, is what it is you can't you can't really push it you know yeah that does kind of that throws you off a little bit doesn't it yeah yeah i mean yeah. He, he rolled that high for a few days because you know I, I was i was at their house all the time and i could yeah. i didn't believe that one I was like, really but usually usually they stick with it you know yeah especially when you're successful uh you know 20 minutes into your first yeah hunt. You, i mean you, it's you, almost like you just get swallowed by the bug <laughs> instead of just bit by the bug <laughs> right yeah Absolutely. Yeah. That can, I, that can spoil you. That was, a, that was an odd one, but it is what it is. That's right. So let's, uh, let's kind of talk about, you know, here in Indiana, what the ideal terrain looks like for you when you're hunting whitetails from the ground, kind of paint the picture. Um, let's pretend you're going in. Um, Let's just say Halloween, favorite favorite day to hunt. Let's yeah. say you're going in Halloween on a piece of public. Let's say I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to drop you off of this piece of public at my house. You've never been there. I'm going to drop you off at noon. You're going to hunt till dark. What what are you kind of looking for? So I'm going to look for um, thick stuff, what I'm familiar with, you know, thick stuff that might lead to a little opening and okay, the openings usually tell you where the deer are going to be crossing. Not that the thick stuff won't, but um, that thick stuff, man, I don't know what, I don't know. I just, I love getting in there, you know, and it's a pain getting through it. But once you find that spot and, you know, it's, you know, just being in a swampy bed, you know, you could, you know, it's going to be bedding, you know, sw- just swampy, low, low brush, um, Maybe maybe having a ditch line somewhere close by a ditch creek something uh, that's definitely a must have because I, I I do believe that they sit in the ditches or not in the ditches but they sit on those ditch banks uh, around here a lot um, we have so many ditches that it's just one of the cover spots they have um, so Halloween yeah it's definitely going to be in the hardwoods I mean somewhat by a food source. I mean, I don't have to be right by it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be by the bedding area. I, that, I, I, that's number one thing when I'm hunting, trying to be, I'd rather be closer to the bedding area than the food, you know, the food source. Now, most cases. when you're hunting from the ground, one thing that I, 
I really like hunting from a stand is that I can see a lot. Yeah. I can see that being an issue hunting from the ground. Um, it definitely switches from eyes to ears on the yeah. ground. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. You, you kind of got to, um, do you try to set up where you can look down a trail or you, because um, I imagine if you're set up to where you can look down a trail, you could see pretty far. But if you're sitting off the side of a trail, looking across a trail, it may be, you know, thick on that other side. So you might not be able to see any further than. Right. Than and that's, that that's, where it comes, that's where it comes down to like, okay, if you have, only have to have one shot, that's, you know, that's what that's might, might have to be what it is. Yeah. You know? And I don't, I'd like to, I would like to have more than one shot, you know, realistically. But if I have to, if I have one shot and I think this is going to be the spot then that's what it is, you know? So, um, you, like I said, that, that TNC, I, there's, they did get a spot recently that has where I hunted last year has a lot of trees and, um, the one, one big opening in that area is where I had my climber and I should have been in the thick stuff. So I, like I said, I gotta be, I gotta be in that, not in the bedding area. You obviously don't want to be in the bedding area, but. And sometimes it's hard to tell. That's why shed hunting comes in handy. You find out where they're bedding all year. You know, I, I believe that's definitely, you know, get out, get out there after season. Um, before season, I don't know if, I don't know if, you know, it helps. But after season, I think you can find out a lot more about the deer. Yeah. I just, what I found out in the last couple of years. But um, I know a lot of guys like hunting the food sources, but I don't feel that it's necessary, you know. Now, if you have a, a big piece of public ground, um, let's say your lot is big. Let's say it's one, uh, let's say it's two by two square miles, you yeah. know, all the way around. Let's say it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, what are you kind of doing to narrow, narrow down your, your spots when you've got an area that's so big that you obviously can't cover it all? Um, by scouting, I guess. If it's a new area, you know, you, you haven't been in there in the spring shed hunting. Maybe you got just a couple of days. You don't have a lot of time to burn scouting. Are you just kind of going in and setting up on the hottest sign you can find? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Trying to find yeah. uh, scrapes, um, rubs. Yeah. Rub, rubs are my favorite. I uh, Actually, I go wild. I, I made a post at bunch of a bunch of rubs that i found after shed hunting and i was like wow i just, just amazed you know how many how many trees are tore up back here you know but uh yeah if i'm going in it's you know trying to find the most sign um like i said the, the heaviest used trails um i ju i just like to be on the heaviest used trails you now, know it's just now, like i said what, i'll sit the three yards off of it i don't care what what sign is most important to you if you can only pick a scrape a rub um or you know like deer shit on the ground which one which one would you uh pick probably a rub and it's probably not the right choice but it's it's what i feel most you know it, it, that that's what gets my confidence boost is, is a rub yeah um i and just because I seen a lot of bu little bucks making uh, rubs last year um, is why I would say that. Um, okay. And just knowing that they're there, and, you know, scrapes, I feel like, okay, how old, you know, usually you can, you can tell, you know, if it's fresh or not. And that, that's the same with rubs. Um, usually tell 
how fresh you know fresh or not but if it's if it's, it looks like it's within the last couple of weeks i feel i feel confident you know that deer might yeah. be yeah you know that deer might come back you know that deer's you know just in every hunt if if you don't kill it's a nice scout you know it's you got to learn something you got to look at it you know okay i didn't see any deer well what did you take away you gotta you gotta take away something you know maybe okay moving over here 20 yards you know just something you gotta you know pick up on something and that's usually usually i don't when i ground hunt i, I won't sit in the same spot twice you know it seems like i won't you know i, I never find that spot again you know or whatever I, I I know that general area, but okay, I'm gonna sit over here this time. Or you know, and eventually it works out to where you, you funnel it funnel it down. But uh, yeah, it seems seems to me that rubs pay off. I think. I um, <laughs> I I feel like a lot of people, and I used to be this way, um, and I probably still do it, but a lot of people probably don't learn a whole lot every time they go out. Um, I know a lot of people set up a stand. They kind of get caught in the, the motion of grab everything out of the back of the truck, walk there as fast as you can, mm-hmm. set up in the stand. And it's just kind of like becomes almost like a chore than it is really like a hunt, you know, just walk in the stand, get up in the stand, hope you see something. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's important that you do look around, you do look for hot sign you do kind of learn something every hunt. And then um, for me, like last year, my biggest thing was learn something and then adjust, learn something and adjust. Exactly. And it seems like every time I would do that, even though I didn't kill that 10, that's what got me closer. You know, I should have killed him had time been, you know, two minutes a little sooner, but um, had I been hunting the way that I was years before where I just go to the same stand for 17 times in a row, um, <laughs> there's no way I would have seen that, that buck, you know, of that caliber on public land. It just, right. They, they'll, they'll peg you, you know, right. as you, as you, uh, you get caught in the motions, you know, they, they get used to that. Right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep it changing. Keep, you gotta keep it, keep it, uh, keep it interesting. That's for sure. So when it comes time, you know, where you get in that kind of slow motion tunnel vision and, and the deer's in front of you and you got to make the shot count. Um, is there anything that you do to help you relax or focus so you can kind of make a good shot? I know I'm a, I'm a guy that talks myself through. I, um, draw my bow and then I say like, you know, put your kisser button here, like put your finger on the release put your finger over and kind of squeeze the release in that crease and wait, you know, I know some people just draw back and like shoot, but is there anything like you say your prayers or anything before it all goes down or what? Uh, I I do have a, I do, I do have a prayer every time before I, right when I get out of the truck, I, you know, that's just, yeah. But uh, no, I, it seems like if I, if I have a chance to see the deer several minutes before, you know, leading up to the shot, I, I, definitely gets my nerves calmed if the deer pops out and yeah that i don't have enough time to calm down you know <laughs> it seems mm-hmm. that you know the shot's gonna be rushed or you know i'm not gonna take my time as far as you know setting you know setting everything right but uh yeah i as long as i can see the deer coming from a little ways which i got fortunate with uh my my big deer in 2020 um he he came from several several uh 
not pro. He came from two properties away, but he was he was darn near a mile away when he first came out. Um, wow! So that helped, and the off the you know the off chance that he came to my call that day, I I don't because I seen him the day before, and I was then okay. So this this where the ground thing or the blind blind thing comes in. I was in the blind and I hunted this blind. It's the only spot I have in the back here. It's uh, one big oak tree, and we have a shooting hill. A big shooting hill, and uh, it's just where the excess dirt came from when they built the house. They took it all the way to the back, so we could tuck a blind in there, and nice, you know, perfect. And uh, so he came out that that day before. It was actually Veterans Day. I had the whole day off, and I hunted that whole day in that blind. And it wasn't until ten minutes before shooting time he come out with five does. Well, the five does kind of walked through the neighbor's pasture feeding, and they hopped the fence, went on the other neighbors. Well, he stayed right in that pasture. And he just was looking my direction and I hadn't, I hadn't made any call, you know, any noise, nothing. He just kind of looked towards my direction. You know, he would look off to the left, to the right and turn around, went the other way. Didn't even follow his dose. I was like, the world just happened, you know? So I guess, I guess I'm going to get into the story a little bit for him. So that next, that next day, that Thursday, I, uh, that's when I set up further down towards to where he came out and, um, my neighbor's fence is probably, I think I, about 230 yards from where I had the blind set up. So I probably moved down about 120 yards. Um, and I, I took my doe decoy out because I'm like, okay, well, he's, he's, you know, he's after the does, you know, it's, uh, what, what was it? November. I don't even remember November 11th, I believe it was. Um, so Anyway, I had the doe decoy set up out. I ranged it 41 yards away. Um, when he came, I, he came out around that corner. Like I said, I see him from a ways away. I had my, uh, I didn't even have my binoculars. I had my rangefinder. I was just kind of looking at him through that. You know, it, it helped a little bit. But I was like, all I could tell from that far was it was a buck. You know, I was like, okay, let's, you know, let's see what we can do. One thing I learned as far as doe bleeding is the long drawn out doe bleeds are not the way to go. Really, I, I learned that from Alex Rutledge. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh uh-uh. Um, so he was he was big on uh, I think it was North American Whitetail. Yeah. So it, like Stamp Potts and those guys. Um, yeah. When they had that show several years ago, well, I ran into him at the the uh, the Deer Waterfall Expo. Mm-hmm. In I don't know if you ever been to that one. Uh uh-uh, uh, never been to a show. No. Soon though. So we went down there, and he he was uh, he was promoting um, his his call line, uh, Turkey calls. Um, and he, he was a good time. He, you know, we stayed at his, his section for about 45 minutes. It was, you know, he was just, he was fun to talk to, but I ended up messaging him on Facebook. Like I, this is my situation. You know, he's like, he's like, you got to change it up. You know, if you, cause I told him, you know, exactly what happened. So I did, I changed it up and he told me about the, the calling. He said, he said, uh, do short, you know, Matt, 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 do like five to seven of those. Um, huh. versus the long drawn out because the long drawn out is more of a um, alert uh, alerting type. I can't, I can't remember exactly what he said about it, but the short ones is like a hot doe ready to go. So mm. that's what I did. But as soon as I seen that deer, I did that and he come right to me. No kidding. I don't know if it, it, it doesn't work every time. You know, it worked that day though. And I'm very glad that it did. <laughs> it was it was after work that day, Thursday, that Thursday. And it was after time change. I had like 20, 
six minutes to hunt, you know? So I, yeah. I just got out of my car. I was in my camo. I just took off running to the back and it's 350 yards from my, from my house to where I was hunting. So I sprinted back there, got set up, you know, breathing heavy and he come out. I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> uh-huh. like, like I said, I knew it was a buck and that, that kind of gave me, you know, the, the, the time to calm down, you know, get, okay. I can see this deer. Once he got, you know, once he got closer, I knew he was big. Once he hopped our fence or mine, my neighbor's fence, once he hopped that fence, he was within 150 yards. I knew, you know, that he was big and I just don't look at the antlers. That's yep. yeah, one time. <laughs> don't look at the antlers. So, you know, I just, and I, I wouldn't, I wasn't even trying to look at him. You know, I was just, you know, looking at the ground, you know, just trying to, yeah. you know, peripheral peripheral vision him into the you know because i didn't know what to do i was sick like I, I didn't have very good hide like i said i was on a fence post with grass around me you know <laughs> so and, and it didn't go over me it was, it was just enough you know to break me up and it worked like i said he he got behind that decoy and i i don't even know how far he was when he got behind the decoy he was probably 80 yards yeah i just i i, I held it back forever if oh I'm, gosh i mean it was probably about it was under a minute, I would say, realistically, but it felt like ten minutes. It's a <laughs> so long he, time. He gets me. He gets me on the decoy, and he's he's just walking right to it. You know, it's kind of diagonal to me, and uh, he just bypasses it and keeps going, uh, keeps going past it, but kind of angling towards me, and he stops. I'm on on the lane where I mow. He just stops. He's, you know, I don't have time to get my range finder. I I, I just got to guess it. I guessed him at thirty. And he was about 26, you know, still worked out close enough. It was a hard quartering two. I hit him. Luckily I hit him right. Uh, not the brisket, but just, just before the shoulder and clean pass through. He ran 200 yards folded. So wow. it worked out. It worked out. But yeah, that, that dough bleeding, I guess for anybody that likes to dough bleed, try the, the short five to seven cadence. The shorter, you know, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Um, I'm sure guys have talked about it before, too. I'm sure it's not a new thing, but yeah, that's definitely something that I've changed as far as uh, bleeding. So it worked out that day. I'll tell you, that, that's for sure. Yeah, it's something yeah. I'll have to I'll have to try out this year. I yeah, um, I find it interesting um, that you're a guy that hunts a lot after work. Yeah. Because I'm a guy that does that too. So I can really relate to that. Um, waiting all day, <clears throat> waiting all day to get off work to, to make it to the stand for 26 minutes. Yeah. It makes um, a long day at work. <laughs> and it, uh, it seems like always, though, not always, but it seems like a lot of the times, those 26 minute, 30 minute, 45 minute, one hour hunts. Yeah. Sometimes they always seem like they're the best hunts. It's always like when you have all the time in the world on the weekend, it seems like, it's dead in the woods, but like yeah. when you're running out there, you know, you forget half your stuff in the truck. It seems like that's always the night that the deer want to be active. Yeah. I, I kind of wonder if, you know, when it comes to public, if like I was talking earlier, if that has a lot to do with, you know, pressure, a lot of guys aren't going to run out there after work for a half hour. They don't want to mess with it. They're not, yeah. uh, they're not as hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I like to look at that way too. <laughs> yeah. Throw a wrench in the deer's pattern. Definitely. I mean, yeah, you don't, they're not expecting that yeah i totally agree with that i mean especially yeah 
especially early season when I have, you know, at least an hour, hour and a half, you know, I'm, I'm going to be out there. And when the time changes, I'll just hunt behind the house. Cause I don't, I don't have time to get to public usually, you know, yeah. I have, I have, I have public North of me. Um, I mean, the check-in stations five, not even five minutes away. And the other one is about 15, 20, depending on, depending on how late I am. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll just hunt behind the house and, we, when we moved in in 2017, you know, I didn't really think, you know, oh, yeah, nice, nice field, but there wasn't any, there's no woods here. You know, like I said, there's no woods, but on the property on the other side of the fence, there's a nice little island that they, that's where they hang out in. Yeah. Um, they don't necessarily hang out there all year. Those will, but the bucks just hit that, move on, hit the, you know, it'll kind of be like a little pit stop for them. So when I, the buck uh, in 2020, the, it was exactly a week before I shot him. He was a mile away, straight, straight east of my house. A uh, guy got him on show camera. And uh, that same year in the summertime, he was about f- close to four miles southeast of here. Wow. Or south, southwest, rather. Southwest, yeah. He was summering about four miles away. Wow. So, yeah, it was... <laughs> I was because I got a, I got a couple pictures when I killed the deer. You know, he was. I got a picture of him. Like I said, when we moved in, I didn't have high hopes. You know, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I should say not high hopes, but whatever. But when I put my trail camera out, I didn't get I didn't get this book on camera until it would have been the 2018 season, the end of the. T- so January 2019 is the first time I got a picture of him, and he was a good looking buck, but he was nothing like this. You know, he had, he had the split brows and, uh, just a nice, you know, frame eight other than the split brows, but he blew up after that. It was unreal. It was unreal. You, uh, you probably broke some people's hearts when you shot that deer cause they had it on trail camera and been watching yeah. it. Yeah. And there's a, <laughs> there's not to get too far distracted, but there's a new one in the area. Oh yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Bigger he, than that one, huh? He, I don't, I mean, he's, he's a mainframe, but he's, he's definitely, he's, he's a monster. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And the thing is not a lot of people hunt around me. There's, uh, um, there's this one family that owns a lot around me that they just don't allow hunting and they don't hunt themselves, you know, so that it helps, but it doesn't, you know, sanctuary. It, exactly. That's what we call the Island. That's exactly yeah. what we call it. Yep. It's same with the turkeys, everything. They, the turkeys will not cross my fence. I don't, you know. A hen will every once in a while, but the toms will not. But um, I feel like that fence could be a deterrent for deer. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. We we I've had hunts with my wife that uh, get out there and hit the grunt call, and five minutes later, here comes a buck, you know, or whatever. You so, might need to go out there with a old steel chainsaw or something, make something fall on that fence. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I didn't have a good relationship with that that guy, that uh, he he calls him calls himself the land manager so yeah. he, he kind of takes it's older women that own it and he kind of takes care of it he says he hunts but i i don't know i i've never yeah. seen him out there hunting but he knows about it every deer that's out there i'll tell you that he's, yeah. he's when i i had to call him because he ran onto this deer ran onto his property i had to call him and uh you know he it it's late at night as and he had told me before that it, you know he's he's got to be home with his wife you know at night you know making sure she's all right i don't know i don't know the whole situation whatever but uh 
you know, I'm like, Hey, sorry to bug you. You know, I've, I've bugged him in the past and we're, you know, to no avail as far as, well, you know, as far as hitting deer, you know, I, me and my wife were, you know, hitting deer and they ran over there. We couldn't find them, whatever. So this time I'm like, I will give you, you know, everything I got. You know, I was, I, I was like, I know this is a big deer because when the, like they said, the nervousness hit, as soon as I hit that release and stood up that nervousness, my knees just went, you know, numb. I was, <laughs> I was, you know, I'm like, please, you know, please God, let this deer fall, you know? <laughs> and he did, he felt when, once he felt, like I said, about two, 250 yards away, he fell and he's a big old buck. He got right back up. He got back up and stood there. Oh man. And I'm like, I'm in disbelief. Like, Oh no, like what? I didn't hit him good enough. You know, everything's just rolling through my mind and he fell back over. And that was it. I was like, mm. So I told the landowner, I was like, this is a for sure thing. Or, you know, or the land manager, I said, this is a for sure thing. Like, I promise you he's dead. You know, you know, so I was like, drive out here. I could show you, you know, show you right where he's at. And I was, I was so flustered. So, <laughs> oh, you know, it was just rightfully, I mean, so worked up. Yeah. And, uh, so he, he came out and he's like, oh yeah, I've seen this book, you know, just kind of like, oh, you you know, you shot, yeah. book, you know, and, but I, I'd never seen that guy hunt and. Yeah. Seeing them and killing them is a, a totally different thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, this, this one that's been around lately, everybody knows about them. So I don't know if you got a local gas station that, you know, the, the old timers hang out at in the yeah. air. I got one over here just right by my house and pop in there every once in a while and just, just kind of, you know, stand by the snack aisle and just kind of listen to what they're saying. It's, you know, off the yep. but everybody knows about this book and, uh, I hope I can make it happen. I, uh, it was actually, I think it was eight or nine days before I ended up killing this, this buck in 2020. I missed this buck, this other buck. And, uh, about 50 yards away, I shot right underneath him. but everything happens for a reason. So, you know, it's right, you know, right place, right time. I don't know. I don't, I don't really believe in, I don't, I don't know if I believe in luck because I, you know, you gotta be out there. Yeah. If you're out there, you're, you know, luck, I believe luck is one running through your front door and saying, here, here I am. Yeah. Well, you're at your house. You know, I don't, I don't really necessarily believe in luck. If you're putting in the work, you're out there, you know, right place, right time. I don't know if that correlates with luck, but yeah, I don't, I don't see it that way, but right place, right time. Definitely. But, uh, you know, there, there's people at right place, right time, maybe first time, but most of us out there, you know, grinding, yeah. grinding to make it happen yeah so i mean as far as like a story with this buck i had one show camera picture of him you know and i had several you know different bucks that you know this is what once we once we moved in this house is when i really started cracking down on my um discipline towards uh towards bucks you know because i would you know i would go out and just shoot you know a decent public glam you know six eight point or whatever but this you know we moved in here is when I really started cracking down and, you know, so I held off for once I shot that buck on public in 2018, I, you know, I was like, you know, that was, that was a stepping stone, you know, three and a half year old 10 point, you know, I said, we're, you know, that's definitely good. You know, we're getting there. You know, I, I just wanted one nice, you know, one nice buck, you know, just, you see it all over the place, you know, Facebook, just it'll ruin people. I mean, <laughs> that who's your outdoor, I believe it was not to give, you know shout outs or anything but they you know or bucks of indiana you know that's that, that sort of thing that'll ruin a person just seeing all those 
seeing all those big deer, I mean, Indiana does produce. I mean, I don't care what anybody says. I mean, it's a sleeper state for sure. <laughs> no deer here. I promise. There's no deer here. Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I've, I've talked about that too before. It's like Illinois, Kentucky, Ohio. It's like, why, why did none of you guys want to come to Indiana? Yeah. Um, but you know, to each their own stay out. Um, I'd rather, uh, have it to myself anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, usually I find myself not being by anybody here, especially lately. That's, I guess that's a big, a big thing too. If, if I was going to get dropped, like you go back to your uh, getting dropped off, mm-hmm. nobody, in, nobody else in that parking lot is a big, a big thing. You know, yeah. I don't care. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, you, you gotta get, you gotta get way off the road. Well, yeah, I absolutely. You gotta get way off the road. But this past season, like I said, 250 yards, nobody, everybody bypasses that area. Well, there you go. Yeah. You just got to, and it took me a few days to realize that what, you know, what was going on, but you know, it works out. You just got to be diligent, persistent, you know, kind of have an open mind, especially early season. You got to have an open mind, you know, go just open mind and willing to try stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to jump in. Um, a little bit here towards the end about emotions and staying positive um, kind of in the field when the emotions kind of, kind of roll and you, you know, you've been hunting for 70 days straight and haven't seen a deer or what, you know, whatever the case might be. Um, I know like a lot of non hunters don't understand that there's a lot of emotions that come along with, with deer hunting, you know, and I'm sure other hunting too, you know, big game mostly probably. Um, but do you find yourself being one of the people that experiences those emotions a lot? And do you feel like it's um, kind of changed over the years, maybe from when you were a kid to now? Do you feel less emotional now than you used to about the same or or maybe more? It's definitely more. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Every, every year that comes, it's, uh, I can't get rid of the disease, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's, um, the emotions definitely vary from a miss to a, to a bad hit to, a you know, not seeing anything. It, it, it all varies, but keeping an open mind and knowing that, you know, there's going to be another hunt, you know, just knowing, you know, if you put a bad hit on a deer and you do everything that you can to try and find that deer and you, it doesn't work, you know. I I've had it before where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to hunt, you know, for two weeks. Well, that doesn't happen. You know, two or three days later, I'm back out there, you know, or if if it's not the next day, you know, but I've had, you know, I've had a couple, like last year, I had a situation where I'm not going to hunt, you know, and I ended up holding off for like four or five days, which, (laughs) yeah, you know, you're like a fiend when it comes to that. Yeah. I, I mean, my wife, she, she, she's used to it now, but, I know it's got to, it's got to ruffle her feathers a little bit that, you know, hunting is my, you know, it's, it's there. It's my top, you know, it's, I, I can't help it. Yeah. I know when every season's going to start, you know, I know what, you know, what I got to do to be prepared. You know, it's just, it's what I live for. You know, it's, if I didn't, if, if I can make a living off hunting, you know, just by being out there, you know, if I could get paid to just be out in the woods, oh man, that'd be the dream. You know, but there's definitely, there's definitely emotions and there's definitely, you know, you gotta, you gotta work through it. You know, you gotta figure out a way to get, you know, cause 
if you're just going to give in, then hunting is not for you. You know, if you're just going to give up, you know, then it's not for you, you know? So now I know, um, a lot of guys are into watching deer for years on end. And I know you said you play around with trail cameras a little bit. Yeah. You kind of got that deer on camera that you're going to try to kill. Um, <clears throat> I feel like people often say once they finally connect and kill that deer, it's almost like they're emotionally attached to it. It's almost like they've, you know, it's almost like they've killed their dog or their, you know, their firstborn child or something. Cause they've yeah. become so connected. It's like they, it's almost like they're in a relationship with the deer, you know, yeah, it's like, like they raised it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, do, have you ever experienced anything like that? I have. And not that, that I've actually killed the deer like this one that i missed um that year or that a uh, few days before i ended up taking that one in 2020 like I, i'm after this deer i've had pictures of this from when he was a two and a half year old you know and he's just been steady getting big and if it like it's this last year he just blew up i mean he is he is something i don't know if i i don't know if i could show you a picture afterwards or whatever but yeah man oh man like it's it's unreal I mean, and he's a main, he's a mainframe, uh, 10, I think he's a 10. I mean, I, what, what I could tell from pictures, I mean, he's just, he's just a giant. I, it was funny after, after, uh, season sometime in February, um, deer were herded up real good down the road. And, um, there's, I stopped counting like 63 deer, you know, there was, it was just unreal. Um, like I said, nobody hunts around here. There needs to be some you know, needs, needs to be some deer taken out around me. So, but anyway, I pull up to this field. I know there's going to be deer in, you know, I got my binoculars just looking and there's one deer looking at the road and I guarantee you it was him. I mean, it was the closest one, one of the closer ones to the road, you know, and you could, you could clearly tell his ears were separated, you know, yeah. no, you know, he had dropped his antlers but just a massive body. Like I was like, Holy cow. That's I like, I was talking to myself. It's funny. That's, that's, you know, that's all into it. I, I'm, I'm talking to myself like, that's him. You know, I'm like, that's him. Like, Holy cow. You know, <laughs> he, ain't, he ain't got his antlers on. I'm like, that, Oh, that's him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, that deer. Uh, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not big on naming deer, you know, as far yeah. as, you know, I'm not big on, he doesn't have a name. He's just that deer. That, that one yeah maybe yeah. his name's that deer yeah <laughs> <laughs> how one, do you think uh how do you think you're gonna feel when it, if you do end up shooting him do you think uh oh it, it's, think you'll be tore up about it or it'll be so surreal I, I i mean i i hope i mean he's he's given me he's given me shots he's he's given me shots he's but except for this last year i didn't i did not see him so but yeah it would definitely be uh i don't know because it's gonna be like what next you know you know yeah. once you once you finally get that it seems like if he if he's alive you know alive and running and you know i don't know it, it's it's definitely a weird uh situation but hopefully hopefully that comes to where i can hold him you know <laughs> uh, hopefully uh hopefully come october uh you'll be sending me a picture of him uh yeah that would be you, sweet with your hands sweet. around his rack yeah i would love to see that so, um, can you kind of tell everybody, well, first I want to thank you for taking the time to come on. I know we had some scheduling issues. I, um, had to move you around once and then 
my dumb ass uh, scheduled you uh, on my wife's birthday. So I had to go around and, and, and change that. So um, I do appreciate you working with me on that because I wanted to get you on here. Um, oh, no problem. But could you kind of tell everybody where to find you on social media? Maybe you got people that live around you, maybe want to connect with you to hunt. Um, you know, yeah, maybe... absolutely. I'm definitely open to definitely open to anything, you know, just talking or, you know, want to get out. And I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't have many, I don't feel like I am have much advice, but I will, you know, I will share anything that, you know, anybody wants to know. But best place to find me right now is either uh, Go Wild or, uh, Instagram, um, and my Instagram is Brandon underscore Ludlow. If you want to find me there, um, I do have a YouTube channel that is, it's mainly um, just videos, uh, short videos of uh, birds that I might see. You know, geese. Um, I do got a couple uh, turkey hunting videos. I haven't, I haven't got into the deer hunting uh, videoing yet. I need, I just. As, as far as packing light, I guess that's one of the things that I just haven't, yeah. haven't done yet. And I, and buddies are like, Oh, I'll go, you know, and then, but it just comes down to, okay, I'm going to go then. Can you go? No. Okay. Well, I'm going. So yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I back road outdoors on YouTube. If you want to check that out, I got a couple, couple uh, videos from last year. My, just my luck. It, if you knew me, my luck is, is very uh, peculiar. So if you want to <laughs> you want to see my wife's turkey on from last year it's definitely interesting um we had some gun issues and she ended up taking the bird so cool. it, was, it was interesting but yeah no, I'll, have I, to, I'll have to get on there and check it out i haven't had a chance to to scroll your uh youtube channel yet but i i'm i'm intrigued now y'all it's it's a good one it's a good one yeah <laughs> and then mine, mine's on there from last year too it, it's mainly me calling to the bird and him finally flying the ditch but uh yeah turkey season's coming and that's all I can think about, like I said, work, work, work is definitely uh, getting in the way of hunting <laughs> in <Yeah>. my life. <laughs> Putting a hinder on that usually yeah. does. Yeah. I, I just yeah. seen the other day because that's usually about all I watch on for TV is YouTube. I'll go through YouTube videos and mm -hmm. anymore on the radio, it's all podcasts. So, um, but anyway, on the YouTube, I've seen there's a guy's called part-timers and it, it says, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, it's the first I've seen of them. I feel like I've heard this before. Yeah, it, it's, it says part timers uh, overworked, underhunted, and I'm like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. Perfect. Somebody just told me about that. I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like that. Yeah, I need to. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? You know, <laughs> that's yeah. That just that describes it perfectly. I mean, but yeah, man. No, just gotta keep keep uh keep grinding at it, and you know, and go go whenever you can, and yeah, make the best out of the time you got, and yeah keep moving around for those deer. If you keep sitting in one spot, you ain't going to kill them. That's what no, I've learned. That's a, uh, I don't know. Did you, uh, did I tell you how, what he scored? Uh-uh, no. Um, so he grows two twelve and seven eights. Yeah. I, I got the, I, I don't know. It's not official. I believe I got the, the, which I don't, I don't really care, but it's, it's neat. I don't, you know, it's not what I go for. Yeah. But um, I believe it's the biggest in the County with the bow. So no kidding. that's kind of definitely something to take pride in, you know, but this, this other buck is going to be, I don't know. <laughs> he's going to beat him. I, I believe he, I mean, if he, as long as he's not on the decline, cause I, I, he should be, he should be six or seven this coming year. I believe seven in which this year was, um, 
six or seven. I I asked the test text nervous to keep the jaw and he I guess you know that forgot. Yeah, that ship sailed. So yeah. I didn't get a I didn't get uh, official age on him, but we'll see. That's <laughs> we'll a buck see. to be proud of, that's for sure. Oh definitely. Uh, definitely. I still yeah. get shook every time I tell a story, I my my knees get weak, you know. <laughs> <laughs> cool, man. Well, uh I'll let you get out of here. And I, uh, again, I appreciate you uh, taking the time and working with me and uh, no, I appreciate you. Let me get on my first podcast. It was awesome. Yeah, man. You did great. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> I'll catch up with you. All righty. All right. Good. We'll see you. Have a good night. Hey everyone. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the hunt the wild podcast. If you enjoyed the show and it's brought you some sort of value, I'd love if you could give me a rating and a review. Just a few seconds of your time can help me better understand the type of content you all enjoy, and it would mean the world to me to hear from all of you.